well so much I apologize so we'll be starting we'll be starting from this point right here at seven minutes and 35 Boom. seconds in <laughs> welcome to the voice of reason podcast yes. i am andy Van those Vendor, guys, sean, sean phillips right there he is for those Thank of you that missed the first seven minutes we apologize we're not going to go back and talk about what we know a lot about no, that but, time, Sean's, but sean is in quarantine all that good stuff mm-hmm. and uh and uh so but uh, no, this week, uh, the title of our show this week, we Sean and I both have a couple of topics, and I guess I'll go ahead and go into mine, Sean, if you're all right with that. Please do. Yeah, um, I, we, You know, the title for the for, for those of you who heard tonight or saw tonight, the, the, tonight, uh, the, show, the title of tonight's show I called The C- Christmas Perspective, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, people have known, what do you want to call it the the trivial side of what christmas how it came to be and you know we know it's to celebrate the birth of christ um but just and i did some you know did some research today um you know so before the time of jesus uh europeans actually celebrated the uh winter solstice as they believed that the worst of the winter was over was behind them um, you can also look back. I, I thought this was kind of interesting. You can look back to Norse myth or Norse history, Scandinavian history. Uh, they celebrated this time of year that <clears throat> was actually called Yule, where we get Yule time and all this other stuff. And they celebrated this from December the 21st to uh, about the middle of January. And how they celebrated this was they set a large log on a fire, a Yule log. We've heard that term before. Uh, and they feast until the log has burned completely out. And so usually it's like 12 days. And each spark from the fire represented a new uh, pig or a calf that they would uh, that they would be born in the next year. Uh, the Romans. Now, this is, of course, always this is fun to uh, talk about the Romans. The Romans celebrated, I'm going to get this pronunciation right, Saturnalia. And the Romans celebrated in honor of the god of god saturn uh the god of agriculture and during this time social order was um what's the politically correct way of saying it was just a tad bit upside down um it was very oh uh, there's a, pl- a hedonistic let's just use the word hedonistic um you know anything goes public orgies uh pedophilia, all that good stuff. Um, So that went on. So the actual birth of Christ was not really... The early church focused more on Easter than they did about Christmas. So long about 4th century, um, I would say it was probably probably 375, 385, somewhere in there, that the church chose December 25th to celebrate on this day to absorb all of these pagan religions. Um, By Middle uh, Ages, Christianity had replaced uh, the pagan holiday, and Christians uh, attended church, and then they had kind of a, and then I I could go on for about an hour, but they had a Mardi Gras kind of atmosphere, uh, the way that some of the, and so it was, and Christmas became the time of year when the upper class could, um, repay their real or imagined debts to society and to their slaves and to everything else. And it kind of turned into a mockery. And so when the Puritans took over England in 1645, they outlawed Christmas. Uh, some of the first settlements in America didn't, it was, I read one thing that uh, to celebrate Christmas in Boston was illegal until the uh, late 1600s. You were fined five shillings if you were found to be uh, celebrating Christmas. But then 1800s, and then I found this. Do you know, Sean, what literary piece started the celebration of Christmas back up in England again? Mm, think, I don't think no. early 1800s. Classic British author. Think of something you see every time at Christmas time. You see the TV, some version of it. Jim Carrey did the last version of uh, it. Oh, well, okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the the Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Charles Dickens wrote the Christmas. I almost said the Nightmare Before Christmas. And I was like, uh, <laughs> yes, I Tim Burton was one. a lot. Yes, Tim Burton, <laughs> 1800s, yes. So, uh, and so then 
he he wrote and it was, he was kind of under contract if you've ever watched there's a good film you can watch um i think it was called the man who invented christmas or something like that but it tells the story from dickens how it was basically a story about dickens and how he was under the pinch to write this book and he had you know he had cranked out um what was it oliver twist and all these other books that he had that he had cranked out and so he was under pressure and he cranked out you can you can actually read a christmas carol in pretty much one setting it's a very short mm -hmm. book and so that kind of got things going christmas here in america um you talk about the legend of santa claus can be traced uh you guys heard the story about the turkish monk uh saint nicholas uh 280 280 i believe and he gave all his inherited wealth, traveled the countryside, helping the poor and the sick. Um, and he became popular in the late 18th century, so late 1700s in New York, when Dutch families gathered to honor the anniversary of the death of St. Nicholas. Um, and then he, he came in uh, as St. Nicholas, or Sinterklaas for short, uh, from the Dutch folk. And so we get Santa Claus from this abbreviation. And then uh, 1822, an Episcopalian uh, minister wrote a story called, it was originally called An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas, which was later changed to, it was the night before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, the poem depicted Santa Claus as a jolly man, and this is where we get him from today. Um, Christmas became a federal holiday June 26, 1870. So, I say all of that... And just some other facts I gathered here real quick. Um, I thought this was interesting. 30 to 35 million real Christmas trees are sold in the United States alone every year. Um, and it, uh, it says, yeah, the first eggnog was made in the United States was consumed in Captain John Smith's James, Jamestown Settlement, 1607. Um, yeah, so all of this. And I asked a, I asked a question uh, today on our and thank you for all those who responded to, um i actually got a lot of personal messages you know and from a lot of what's this kamagor says i can't focus with that peach fuzz you look different lose your razor ha 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 okay so um anyway yes i mm -hmm. anyway so as i was looking at this uh, you know our, our view of the world, my view of the world, let me just say, I'm, I'm not going to draw anybody, everybody in this, and Sean, please, anytime you agree or disagree, sure. my view of the world has become very jaded in the last year, two, year and a half. Um, if it's called becoming a grumpy old man, if it's called becoming maturity or whatever, I don't know what it... But what our perspective is this Christmas, our perspective is, our perspective shapes everything, okay? Who you listen to shapes your perspective. I, mean, I hope that we have some influence on that. Um, we're, in, we're inundated with the world uh, perspective um, every day. And it's, you know, I, I sent, it's like, for example, I sent something to Sean today. I don't know if he got it or not, but I sent a, I saw a tweet from uh, the White House's Twitter account today. Yes. And that's something I was going to talk to you about. Yeah. And I, I went back and looked at the actual White House website and it's very much up there because there was some speculation. I saw someone else post it and they were talking about like, that's fake. That's fake. The, the, and no, yeah. And so this hundred percent from the actual website. And I'll just read this. I, I should have had this on our, for our viewers to see, but it says, uh, this was a tweet that came out. So I got this this morning. So it would have been, I guess last night because it was 13 hour. So it says, uh, whitehouse.gov. We are intent on not letting Omicron or Omicron, whatever it is, disrupt work in school for the vaccinated You've done the right thing, and we'll, we will get through this. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. And quite frankly, that pissed me off seven ways to Sunday. You know, if we... Our perspective of the world anymore is about... And I've said this a thousand times. Our perspective of the world is about us anymore. We are so 
we're so self-centered right now that we are concerned about us, me, 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 look at us, and I can't be right, or I can't be wrong, and you can't be right. And it angers me to see statements like this coming from the highest level of our government being more divisive than, any, than, than ever before, than ever before. And when you make a statement, that's a polarizing statement right there. That is a polarizing statement to say, you stupid, uneducated, unvaccinated people. How stupid are you? And I, and I, and I will say this from my own heart. I have went from, I have went from one side of the spectrum to the other on this. Okay. I, and Tammy McPike has just asked, do I believe that? Well, Tammy, to tell you the truth. No, I don't. No, I don't. Because do I believe that there's another, yes, there's another variant out there. We've, it's broken out here in the United States, but to make that kind of statement, to say to somebody, you are going, I mean, they're honestly saying you're looking at a winter severe illness and death. And to make that kind of statement is telling people that, you know, you've made the wrong decision. We don't care what you think is what's best for your family. And I was, a, you know, I would say probably maybe early summer, I was part of that crowd that was saying, man, what's the big deal? Don't get vac if you want, I mean, get vaccinated. It's not a big deal. And then I started looking into it, you know, and, you know, I got, I got vaccinated and I thought, I, you know, and I know I, I did what I thought was right for me. I did what I thought was right for me. And I was a little bit of a pompous jerk at the time because I threw it up in other people's faces. Oh, well, look at me. And I, but at the same time, people don't like being told what to do. So instead of looking out just for me and saying, well, it shouldn't be a big deal or it shouldn't be a big deal to you or to me, you know, I, I was very selfish about it. And so part of our, and, that, and that's the other thing, you know, where, 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 what has happened to caring for our fellow man? What is, what has happened to caring for those who are of different ethnic groups, different color, different, you know, religion, different economic, you know, but what's, what's happened to that? You know, I, and I didn't share this with Sean either. So one of my, in one of my classes with government, we just got done talking about congressional investigations and the power of Congress to investigate stuff. And we brought up about the Iran-Contra hearings back in the 80s and about the hostage crisis in Iran. And one of my students said, have you ever seen the movie Argo? And I said, you know, no, I have never seen Argo. I've always wanted to see it. She said, well, it deals with the beginning days of the Iranian hostage crisis. And I was like, well, that's been half like... And so I watched that. If you have not seen Argo, you need to watch it. It is a, a great, great it, movie. It yeah. is a great movie. And at the end of the movie, and, and I mean, throughout the movie, it uses actual footage from uh, just like the storming of at the, from the TV, uh, the storming of, of the embassy to uh, different newscasts, different. And I had forgotten how long I was six years old at the time. And so I, I forgot that, it, that the, the Iranian hostage crisis lasted 444 days. I say all that and I got sidetracked there, but I say all that because it, it talked at the end of the movie when they're, you know, basically the Canadians get the credit for help when it was the CIA, but you see Republican and Democrat leadership saying, we, you know, we thank our neighbors to the north who, or we thank our, you know, and they didn't get political about it. They didn't say, you know, well, wasn't, you know, why didn't this happen? And why didn't that happen? I mean, it did pretty much in President Carter's political career, but it still showed the goodness of man towards another man. Comment, and I say man in the, you know, and I, I think that, that movie showed me that there was a time when people, I think, more or less cared for people more than what we do today. It's all about, I'm going to go ahead and get mine. I'm going to get what, you know, and we forget the bigger picture. And let's see, for the, 
Uh, so one of our one of our listeners said you have the right uh, to weigh the pros and cons. I see the effects from the jab; it's not pretty, and the hospital has the ones vaccinated as well. Don't believe everything you see or read. I totally agree with that. Thank you very much for that comment. Um, but no matter you know, and from my point of view, as a as a and, and Sean is a, a Christian as well, um, you know, I, I look at this from this time of year too because I look at the original story. I look at the original story and realize that we have a bigger purpose. You know, God took a, for the reason that we celebrate, whether you, how you believe or what you believe, but God took a person in the form of Mary and used her to deliver the Christ child in a situation that she was totally unprepared for. You know, church, church history, if you really look at it and you look at Middle Eastern culture at that time, Mary was probably between the ages, and I know this sounds disgusting and weird, but she was probably between the ages of 12 and 15, okay? And she was used as a purpose, as a vessel, and she put herself aside in that time period. Let me give you a little bit of side history here. Whether you believe that she was, however she got pregnant, what we settled, you know, there was a person named Jesus, and her mother, his mother was Mary. At that time, her husband could have had her killed, divorced, killed, put away, boom. And he saw the bigger picture. There's something bigger than me and my, you know, Joseph could have said, you know what? I'm not marrying a whore. I'm not marrying somebody who slept around and got pregnant. But he didn't. And for whatever reason, he saw the bigger picture. He saw beyond himself and he saw the whole thing of being there for somebody else and helping somebody else. I want to play a, a quick clip real quick. This is uh, when I asked about what Christmas means to people today. Uh, one of my basketball parents actually sent me uh, this one clip. Let me bring it up here. Let's get it on the right page here. All right. And I want you guys just to, it's a, just a little three minute clip. I want you guys to see this one and uh, we'll talk about it after we, we watch it here. Christmas is not always holly jolly. It can be kind of stressful, especially when you have two toddlers. Two. So you have all these things to do, the parties, the decorating, the baking, the gift buying, the gift wrapping, and of course, the Christmas photo taking. Uh, Theo, big smile. And this is all for the little kids, but, but they're constantly like working against you on all of it. You know, put it down. So I finally got the kids some gifts bought the other day and I wrapped them up and put them underneath the tree. And then they immediately opened them. And Theo was so excited because he's like, Dad, look, Dad, look, a car. And I'm like, yes, but that, but that's not for you. Well, it, it is for you, but we have to wrap it up and, and put it underneath the tree right where you can see it, but you can't, but you can't have it. I don't know why he doesn't get it. And the whole gift thing is tough too because you've got two different grandparents buying them gifts, you got aunts and uncles buying them gifts and you start to get all this stuff, but you also feel like the gift coming from you should be the best gift, so you feel like you gotta one-up the grandparents, but you also don't wanna spoil your children. And so all of this is going through my head and then I finally figure out what we're gonna give our kids for Christmas. Pardon the commercial, they're gonna play their little ad here. Sorry about that. I'll have to skip the Get Macy's lowest here. prices of the season Can't going on Macy's right now. The like the here. Radley sectional, 1999. Oh, I realized the best present I could give my kids for Christmas was my presents. Just All of the stuff, the decorating and the baking and the events and the parties and the gifts. All of that is just a catalyst for us to spend time together and connect. And if we're not doing that, then we're not really experiencing Christmas. Children 
When I remember back to my own childhood, I don't remember hardly any of the gifts that my parents gave me. But what I do remember is the time that we spent together. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, no, Taylor, Christmas is about Jesus. And that's true, and it's the exact same message because God sent His only Son and gave Him to us to reconnect with Him. And that's what Christmas is all about. So whether you have a dollar to spend for Christmas or 10,000, just know that you're already enough. So I want to I want to thank uh, Jimmy Stribling, who, like I said, is a parent of one of my of one of my basketball girls, and sent that to me as his response to me. Here's what I think Christmas is about, and and so that kind of draws on my point too. And then I'll I'll let you go at it for a while, Sean. That Christmas isn't about what we get or about what we're going to do to make my you know, and and you mentioned earlier you know what we're going to do into the new year. Here's what we're going to do into the new year. You know, what I'm, you know, I, I, after I, I kind of thought about this this week and I, you know, I said a prayer, I, you know, I, I try to pray every day and I, my prayer the other day was God help me to be more of a influence for others, to be a positive light for others in such a dark time as this. And to me, I want to, I want to do more because I think a lot, you know, we may not see, we may not seem like it, but you know, I am a very selfish person, just like anybody. If anybody tries to tell you that they're not a selfish person, they're a liar. And so my focus and, uh, you know, I've always been of the belief that if you want to make a change in your world, you have to start with yourself. And that's, and that's during this Christmas time, during this Christmas season, I want you guys to really think about that and this, you know, do, do a, do a look in the mirror and say, what am I doing to make someone else's life better? Not look at, oh my God, I've got another thing I've got to deal with. God, how, how am I, why is this, you know, your perspective, your Christmas perspective matters, how you view everything else. So, Yeah, I, I actually really like um, what you said there. Because um, I, I fall into the same category as I can be uh, a very selfish um person as well and one thing that i'm really learning uh it has not come easy by any stretch of the means um but one thing that i've i work towards every day to get better at is when tony and, and julian came into my life um it was very new the because you know i have you know i'd had girlfriends in the past but i had never taken on the role as a dad before and so and this was also the first time that i'd ever had a serious relationship and then on top of that like tony and julian moved in with me and so the the steps and the changes in maturity of understanding that it's not just me there are certain things when you become a parent when you become a significant other there are there are things that you have to adapt and things that have to change and there is a lot of sacrifice that goes into it um and sometimes that's that's very difficult especially you know for me was i was uh 22 23 at the time and so 23 yeah and so that was that was new it was a it was a new process to you know and i'm still not 100 percent there there's definitely still things that i might plan or do and then go oh crap now i have to backtrack i have to go back because now i have two other people that you know i'm responsible for that i have to accommodate as well um Part of that, I think, is my ADHD and my my squirreliness to bounce around all <laughs> over the place, uh, which which I I think gets worse as I get older. To be honest with you, yeah. but um, but no, I I agree, and 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 I like I actually really enjoyed that video. I had to mute this and I pulled it up on my phone so I could hear it better. But yeah, I I really did like that message, and that's something that we're trying really hard to do um, with Julian is as we're trying to make more of a 
make the event of Christmas special and not so much the gifts from Christmas special. I remember when I was a kid, um, there was one year and I think it was like junior high even. I mean, it was, I, I don't remember the exact year, but I was a really spoiled kid and, and, but not in like a way. So I didn't understand the concept of like how money worked, how credit worked. I didn't understand any of that stuff. I just knew my parents worked full time. You know, we always had a roof over our head and we always had food. So I never really understood like, why are, why is it, why are things this way? And now that I'm older, I, I understand how much I took a lot of that for granted. But like, I remember there was one year I had really wanted an Xbox 360. Um, Cause all my friends had gotten one All my, I had a, a bunch of other friends that had like playstations that had had them for a while all these things and i was so excited about it and then i i ended up not getting it for christmas and was disappointed but got other stuff um and then one of those things ended up breaking right away and i was having a conversation and i had found out that my mom had actually bought me originally had bought me an xbox 360 for christmas However, it was um, one of the cheaper models that I had expressed earlier on. I said, there's no point of getting me one of those because oh. I can't do anything with them because they're, you know, so it, it's, it's not, mm-hmm. the, not the one I want. And had an absolute meltdown. And, I, and, I, and now that I'm older, I'm, I get so angry. I cringe at that moment of just like how how angry and upset that I was over something so small because my parents had always worked super hard. And, and I mean, now that I'm older, I understand it. Like, you know, I had friends that might've had a PlayStation and might've had a Nintendo DS and things I wanted, but then there would always be a week at a time in their house where they didn't have power, you know? And then there was a reason why those friends that had all those things came to my house every single day of the week to eat you know Mm -hmm. there there was a lot of me not understanding like why can they have these things but then i then it it, it hit me oh because we don't we're not buying things on credit we're not buying things at rent to owns like and and then once i was older and then once i spent time away like when i was deployed and gone for christmas um, you know, you, you learn to really recognize what the holiday is about. And I, I love spending time with my family. I'm a homebody for sure. And I love spending time with my family as opposed to the, the gifts that we, you know, give, especially when we get older. Like now that I have um, my daughter, like definitely what the guy said was you got grandparents from this way, that way, buying them stuff. You got Uncle Devin is buying uh, her a bunch of gifts that I, you know, I can't even top. And uh, so it's just, you know, there's, there's so much coming in. And, and then how do we, you know, how do we establish with, with Julian, you know, how do we establish with her? Like, hey, this is, you know, we don't want, we don't want that to be what it's all about. I remember, and I don't know if I spoke about this last time, one of the best traditions we had, and, and I know that some people might totally disagree with this one of my favorite christmas traditions i had with my parents for a long time because when my sister was with her now husband they always did christmas with us the morning of christmas and then went to his family's christmas afterwards so that afterwards for years i mean six seven years my mom and dad and i we would go to the movie theaters and watch a movie or two at the movie theaters on christmas it was like our thing and i loved it i didn't i I was looking more forward to that than i was anything else you know that morning because of just what it meant to me to kind of have that time and and you know make those kind of memories and so that's what I want to help establish for my my daughter is, you know, the, the, the gift stuff's okay, but we need to make that second nature. We need to really understand that it's about family. And then, you know, some, some families choose to, um, you know, involve religion. And, and I, for me personally, religion plays a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. 
you know, tis the season, the reason for the season uh, is Christ's birth. And that that's just for me. So, um, but I remember I saw a post recently that I really did like, and I wish I would have screenshot it so you could share it up here, but it was this parent or a therapist or counselor, something that works with, with children who is urging parents, urging them to make the gifts that come from Santa be smaller gifts yes. and have gifts yep. that like, if they're going to do, you I, know, an I, iPad or a big TV, I saw that, I saw that have those be for mom and dad. And the reason why is because there are so many children out there who are young. And when they go back to school, these kids that, you know, if they come from a lower income family or a family where there's troubles, or maybe they, their parents don't even buy them gifts. They're, you know, getting gifts from donation centers or whatever it might be. You know, if that child is getting, you know, something super small from Santa and, and then their friend gets the newest iPad and a phone and this, then that kid might think, you know, what does Santa think of me? Why, why doesn't Santa like me the way that Santa likes that kid? And I think, I think that's super important. Um, that's definitely something that Tony and I will incorporate with, with Julian is the, the Santa gifts um, are most definitely, you know, not going to be the over the top. If, you know, if we decide to do anything that's crazy, those are going to be from mom and dad or uncle Devin or grandma and grandpa, you know, and, and the Santa gifts are going to be the ones that are like, you know, smaller, maybe more meaningful kind of things. And, trying, and I think that's, super I saw, important. I saw, I, I actually, yep, here it is here. Let me go. Let me uh, bring this up here. I've got it right here. Hmm. If I can. Oh, Probably not going to be able to to get it. Um, let me stretch the screen out here real quick. The yeah, this I you, you're right. It was from a it was from a social worker. Mm-hmm. Let me stretch, yeah. stretch the screen out here a little bit here. And yeah, it says um, I cannot stress this enough. Stop telling your Santa age kids that their iPads and iPhones and two hundred dollar toys are from Santa. Because some families can't afford that. Little kids wonder why they got socks or a coat or hand-me-down toys from Santa. Just like what you said. And it's like, this is the second year I've had a parent cry to telling to, uh, to me, telling me that their kid asked if they weren't good enough. Yeah, so, you know, that definitely, that definitely is a, I mean, I'm you and I come from very similar backgrounds being preacher's kids. And we know... Yeah. I mean, for all of the, unless your last name is Olstein, which I wouldn't want that last name anyway, but unless your last name is Olstein and you're a preacher's kid, you and Sean and I's dads both preached in pretty much the similar kind of, um, uh, I guess you could say congregation, small, rural, you know, my dad did a lot of my dad did a lot of mission mission type situations, and we there was only a few years that all four of us boys were home at the same time when we were growing up because there was there's a 19 age difference between 19 year age difference between me and my brother or yeah. something like that. But the the fact is that we never knew that we were poor. Mm-hmm. We never knew that we were poor. It was never an issue to, just to say we oh you we we didn't have I, I I remember we made memories of you know and I, I get so teary eyed anymore when I think of my mother during this time of year because my mom's been dead for ten years and you know I I'll just make a just a small batch of, of butterscotch fudge or you know when we make cookie I want to make cookies with my kids we make cookies mm-hmm. and we do all this stuff. So you can, that imprint, you know, I don't, I, I can honestly think of any gift that I still have that I got when I was, you know, that age. And so, you know, and again, all ties back into that original thing of what I said of, you know, what, where, where, what is your perspective of Christmas? What should be your perspective of Christmas? And, you know, that's, that's. It's very important this time of year for us to really focus on where we need to be at. So, yeah, and, and I mean, 
this this year especially because of you know the the loved ones lost during covid because where the economy is at i mean christmas i'm actually fairly certain and i hope i'm not wrong but i i feel like i've seen this so i'm gonna say don't quote me on this but please do your due diligence and actually look it up but i'm fairly certain that the holiday seasons um are also some of the highest uh suicide rate yes times that is that is Um, correct because of, of the stress because of you know people's situations financially mentally um can be very difficult i you know it's for a lot of people you know christmas or maybe the holidays weren't always something super special and so when you get older it can be hard to kind of really create that atmosphere it's up to you to like art like it sounds silly but you know we we live in an apartment here and we unfortunately we're going to move and then it that fell through which added more stress but our christmas tree is a fake palm tree plant that we have right now that's strung up with christmas lights and some people have like looked at it and been like you guys like what is that and we're like well <laughs> it's just what we're doing this year and and it's a good um, yeah no and it, it's it's that was kind of one of the things that you know tony and i had even talked about was like we're going to remember this as the Christmas where we had a bunch of moving boxes packed up, you know, like sitting in our living room because we thought we were going to be moving. And then, um, it, it didn't happen. And so I just encourage, you know, if, if you are, if you're not going out to see your family or if, you know, you're going to stay local, or even if you are going to go visit your family, reach out. If there's friends, other people you haven't seen in a while, um, you know, reach out, let them know, Hey, Merry Christmas. Love you. Thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Cause you never know this, that for a lot of people, this is going to be the, the first Christmas without a parent. It could yeah. be their first Christmas without a brother, without a sister, without their significant other. And it, there's so, so many of them, um, especially because of the pandemic, because of everything it's, and then on top of the, the regular nonsense that we have. So it's just, it's, it's it's stressful and it's for all of the times that we we get so angry at one another whether it's politically heck i I watched a video the other day it was actually kind of amusing trump donald trump was speaking at a it was like an interview conference uh that he was at and he was asked if he got the booster and he said yes i have the booster i have the vaccine and he's like to not get it would be stupid he's like you need to get it because if you don't then that's that's them controlling fear over you or you having fear and in a in a you know an auditorium full of you know trump supporters he's sitting there getting booed and he's like don't boo he just get it just just get the booster just get it done and it was it was funny but at a time where we argue where we're it's this it's this way it's that way Take a deep breath, put it into perspective, understand why people are scared. If you're someone that's so pro-vaxxed and you don't understand why, let's say someone's not getting vaxxed, instead of belittling them and rolling on about them, instead of saying like, hey, you can be genuine. Why are you, why, why, why are you worried about being vaxxed? You know, at least help me understand. And they might tell you, hey, I have a heart condition and this is why I'm worried of things like myocarditis or right. I want to be a father in the future and I don't know what the effects are with this. You know, there's there's and if you're if you're anti-vax and you know instead of calling all people that are vax stupid instead of calling them sheep just shut up because that's clearly not the case. Um it's not, it's not it's, about, it's not about you and I, I'm repeating myself again, but it's not about, we'll just cut it down to that. It's not about you. Yeah. It's, it's not, not about it's, you. It's of all the times it's, it's, I'm really hoping and you know, I, I'll be just doing a lot of wishful thinking, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I wish that as we roll into 2022, this can be, you know, the year where. We, we start to get the ball rolling again as things open up, as things start to change. And again, it, it, more wishful thinking than, than probably anything. But I, I do truly feel blessed to, 
to have the life that, that I live. I enjoy the things that I do. I enjoy the people that I've surrounded myself with. I enjoy, you know, everything about life is, is, is awesome right now for me. And so for those of you that are listening and maybe life isn't so great for you right now, please don't hesitate to ever reach out to either of us um on on all of our social media you know platforms and even if it's not something that we can necessarily help you with we're more than happy to help guide you in the right direction of the resources that we have to help spin things because we understand that it, these are stressful times we understand everybody's different but i can i can speak from my own experience if there's anyone in the world that is just a good set of ears and a good heart to, you know, ask questions and to speak to, uh, V is your guy, and I'm more than happy to always hear and, and help in any way that we can. And we also uh, that's, we that's also hear we also do here have at the show. Um, we have tons of people who we have had on, uh, who we have, and we do have, and I thank you for all the folks out there at Columbus Road Baptist Church who give us a listen every week. A lot of folks who I go to church with, um, and I know a lot of counselors and police. Yeah, like Sean said, reach yeah. out. We are definitely in that. Um, it really, you know. So. Yeah, I um, yeah, I I, I liked where 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 this conversation <clears throat> rolled into because the Christmas perspective it it is important because it's not it's, it's one of those things where if you can really kind of get that clarity during this time you can take that into the new year and you can take that and learn from that in in life and understand that you know the big message of today is you you hit it on the nail or you hit it on the head v with um it is all about it's not about you and and people really need to you know, focus, focus on that, focus on the good yeah. that's around you, yeah. focus on the people around you. Yeah. yeah. We got a little bit of time if you want to go into the thing that you want to talk about in here. <laughs> yeah. And, and we could kind of make this quick and mind you, this is a complete like 180 <laughs> kind of, of what, that's we've what been we're talking about, about here. That is what we do because I saw this video earlier and he's going to post it up and it's, Hi, it's I want hilarious. a job. Please. Hold on a second. Sorry. Played automatically. No, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Yeah, so this is a video that I saw, and it was just funny because I'll, I'll get into why I thought it was so funny here in a minute, um, and, and probably later on in a couple episodes down from now. But but we run this run this video for me. Okay, this, sure. Hold on a second here. Hi, I want a job, please. Hired. Do you need my name or anything? Nope. I'll see you on Monday. Hi, I'd like an entry level job, please. I have a bachelor's and master's, and here are my references. Fuck you. Hi. <laughs> so the reason the reason oh, why i found man. that video that good stuff so funny was uh so if you look like it's no it's it's no secret that a lot of places are without help and we see you know so many places hiring um especially we see it like in the industry like the, the fast food or the service industry that's where a lot of you know people are hurting just because that's mm -hmm. some of the the first businesses that really got hurt at the start of COVID. but um i the the level of truth to that video is insane i am an individual i i have a great career i love what i do right now i love i love recruiting um however i'm an individual that is always seeking what you know what's next what is the the next best opportunity for me to evolve and just to grow as a person uh to learn more to educate myself more and i have and it's almost like kind of for fun but i i apply for a lot of places and i've talked to a lot of my friends that have degrees that have completed college that have completed certifications that have all kinds of experience who have applied to different positions all over and whether it's you know the civilian market um i like friends of mine that have military experience that go into the civilian market and it is insane the amount of jobs or lack thereof i should say of business professional jobs right now that are worth anything right. and i i found that video so so amusing because 
You know, he's like, yeah, I just want a <laughs> you know an entry level position, and here's my thing. Like, no. there was there were a couple of companies, um, again, entry, very basic entry level positions, um, that I had applied for, and I had I had actually heard back from a couple of different places. Um, and mind you, these are you know, these are jobs that. Because of my military experience, um, I didn't necessarily need the degree, even though a degree was required for some of these positions. And I had spoken with the actual hiring people like, hey, I am, you know, a senior technically in college as far as my enrollment status goes. But here is my portfolio. Here's my experience. Like, oh, then you're, you're golden. Um, but whenever I was like, OK, well, what kind of salary would, you know, one be starting at? And. You get the you, wow. you get the fu at the end. So. It's quite literally the fu, and 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 for me, when I when I would look at things like that, is I go, okay, if I let's let's say I was a fresh college graduate and moved to this area, even if you have the rent that I had, and even if you didn't have a lot of the bills that that I have as a father, and and you know, it still would be barely livable. And then to throw in the student loan debt that a lot of folks are facing, that a lot of people have, and now at the end of January, those payments are coming back, um, even though the Biden administration earlier said otherwise. Anywho, <laughs> um, I, I just I, – I cannot wrap my head around how some of those jobs that require four years of education pay the same – as an individual that works full time, you know, whether it be and I'm not trying I, I want to get it. I, I want to make myself very, very clear. I mean, zero disrespect to any service industry member because I've worked in the service industry for most of my life. That is what I pride myself in is working in food service. Mm -hmm. I love everything about food service, whether it's the front of the house, back of the house. I love it. I would never disrespect anyone that's in that business. But there there is an issue a huge issue across the board where if you go to school and get a four-year education specifically for a job that you would make the same amount of money as a career and that I don't want to say anybody can do it because, trust me, not everybody can nope, do service industry nope, jobs. Nope. But reasonably, anybody could put in an application and at least land the job. I'll put it that way. Because, like, with construction workers, with welders, like, there's certificates, there's, there's certifications, there's things that you do have to pass in order to, to get those jobs and to be paid well. And also, those are manual labor jobs. So, but it just, it blows my mind why, like, you had spoken, like, a, why a teacher that would put in four years of education to instruct the youth and the next leaders, the future generations of our nation, why someone could walk into a save a lot and earn the same amount of money, even though there's, you know, zero requirement, zero experience. Like, I don't think that I, I hate the term. What, what, what do they even call it? Um, was it like low skill? What is um, the term? For, I don't know why I'm drawing. Yeah, I, I, uh, but, but when it's when it's when it's typically a job that as long as that if if you can make the interview, there's a good chance you're going to get the job. Right. Um, again, I I still believe that those individuals deserve a living wage. I, or I, I I don't want people to be struggling at all. But at the end of the day, if you get educated and you are required to have that piece of paper to get a, a job. I just, I, I don't, it blows my mind that the discrepancy is there. Entry level jobs for a lot of these things. And when I talk to a lot of my high school kids, when I go to these schools that for these ASVAB interps, mm -hmm. when they've taken the ASVAB and we talk about mm -hmm. it, a lot of them are, they'll look at the average salary and they'll be like, oh man, a financial advisor, I'm averaging $100,000 a year. And I have to put the pause on. I said, hold up. I said, I don't want you guys, I, I'm not saying you would never make $100,000 a year in your career as a financial advisor. I know a bunch of financial advisors do. that do very well and that do make that kind of money. Mm -hmm. However, I do know 
that some of them, it took 10 years to see that kind of money, which that's not so bad. Some of them was even less than that. But I know what they started out as, and I know what the entry-level position for a financial advisor, a financial manager can be. And there's a lot of work and there's a lot of grind. And for some people, if you go to school for four years to become a financial advisor, they can't even afford the first two years of that career to stay afloat because the salary is so low. We just had one of our listeners um, chime in and said, totally agree. feel the same, went to school, and I can have less stress flipping a burger and no raise in healthcare unless you're a traveler. And, you know, I think that there was the the saying that I had when I was in when I was in school and I remember bumper stickers and all this other stuff it was the tassel is worth the hassle and anyway that's not the case anymore you know I mean you know and I I want to go back I think I need to go back and this this actually this actually ties into what we what we've been talking about earlier when you look at you know, people want their fair share. And, and, and again, in these low, but what, you know, and again, serve, I, I mean, I serve my time in a, in working at a pizza joint, Palmyra, Missouri, Bordeaux pizza, learned a lot there, learned a lot of life lessons there. Um, worked in a cabinet factory, uh, in between teaching jobs. And it was, it was painfully, it was a painful job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, there has to come, and I hate using the word entitled. I hate using that word because it's an overused word. But I had a conversation with my boss earlier this week, and we were talking about this. And he said, you know, people want the equality of outcome without the equality of work. And I don't know if that, if that makes sense or not, but when we were talking about this, you know, if... If Susie gets the A, Johnny deserves the A as well. Why? Well, because Johnny and Susie are in the same class together, and Susie may work three hours on a on a project where Johnny, you know, he puts in his little bit to scoop by, but we've got, I mean, hey, he did his part too, so he should, you know, when you start rewarding people, you know, in some of these industries, I mean, I believe if you're a service industry and you've put your time in, and I mean, I've you and I both know of people who started out as the janitor or as the cart boy at Walmart. I know a manager of, I want to have him on sometime, one of my best friends. He started out as a cart boy at 16 at Walmart, pushing carts at Walmart. And he became one of the youngest Walmart associate managers in the United States at the age of 20 at the age of 20 what what was different about him well this is one of the hardest working whenever he saw an opportunity or he saw you know he was always looking at the job posting board okay what do I need to do to get to that step and he would constantly ask his supervisor okay what do I need to do to get in this and they say well you need to go through this training okay put me through that training or if it's something he had to pay for okay get me to that next step and now at 20, I think he's 28 or 29, he manages a Dollar General and is one of the most successful Dollar Generals in, in the area because he, you know, and this is a guy who I look at who has worked very hard to get to where he's at. And that's not saying that you can't get to that in those service industries, but if that's going to be your plan for life or that's what's going to be your goal and you want to get ahead, then you need to work to the higher position. You need to work to where there's a position of responsibility. I, you know, and I, and I'm not looking at, I don't look at my job. I, I look at my job the way you look at your job. I look at the opportunities of being able to, how can I serve somebody, you know, and be a better teacher and how can I, you know, to me, it, if I go into, if you go into going into career because of the money is not totally wrong, but it shouldn't be your only reason. Mm-hmm. If I go into a job that I hate, I need to get a different job. I mean, I know people, This and teaching has, over the last three years, teaching has been a hellacious career choice. 
this has been this last year i was talking to one of my co-workers today and we both feel like we're just hovering in this spot this has been one uh, this is my 25th year of education and quite frankly sean this has been the hardest year mm. of education that i've ever done because we're still it's like you know you're just it's like that you know being just totally through a traumatic event and you're still trying to you know, navigate through the, through the space. And it's really hard to do. And like you said, I mean, even in this time, like that, 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 that TikTok was showing, you know, well, we don't care. We okay. don't care. And again, have, have compassion to tie our two messages in. Have com first of all, have compassion on the person who is, working her on the lower end of the totem pole. Maybe they don't have a way to get... There's always other jobs out... Well, yes, you're right. But maybe they're in a situation. Maybe they're stuck in a place. You know, or... They have all... Some people are just unhirable because they have too much experience. That's something else you have to consider, too. Mm -hmm. I am very... I am, I am very unmarketable right now. If I decided to lose, not saying that I, I'm, but I'm a, you know, I'm a 47 year old male with 25 years of teaching experience, a master's degree, you know, and all of this stuff. And if I was to go and not that I'm, I don't want to leave Clopton. I just want to get that out there. Please don't write letters. I, <laughs> I want to put, but if I was to go somewhere else right now, if it was me and I could have, and I could have that list of references too. I mean, I've got a list of references a mile and a half long. I've served under seven different superintendents, three different principals, who would gladly vouch for me. But that doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And I totally get what you're saying there because, you know, you can be, you can have all that and be totally unmarketable. Yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting um, as the. Uh, the market gets back to you know as as we whenever establish right. whatever normal is going to be whenever it will come who knows but right. no i um i really enjoyed this conversation tonight yeah. um it was it was a lot of fun and, and i'm excited for um next week's conversation as well as we as once we figure out a date we will get back with everyone and, yeah. and let everyone know exactly what day that's going to be yeah. i uh, wish you guys could see what i could see right now so i have i have three screens going here and this screen over here on my left is my comment board and sean the comment board is full and i love yeah that. yeah I, 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 I love that and, and i love that nice. thank you all for we had a bunch of different commenters tonight i'm sorry i didn't get to all of the comments but man we had a lot tonight and thank you guys so much for taking part in our broadcast to see this is the kind of stuff we want to see Yes, and we are, um, we, we keep it coming. You guys know what to do. Uh, make sure you guys give us a like, check us out. Make sure um, you give us a like, give us a share right here on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Um, what was what was the new one? What, we daily, were on your... yeah, daily, the Daily Beast. No, 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 yeah. Daily Motion. Daily Motion. Oh, Daily Motion. Gotcha, gotcha, yes. gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, make sure um, you guys check us out wherever you guys get your podcast need whether it's apple podcast spotify google podcast we are we are on all platforms again you guys can check out your talk to amazon talk to your alexa let her know hey play the voice reason podcast 2021 and she'll start spitting to you guys and we will we will be on there as well she'll be watching you while you're taking a shit but that's all right um you'll still be able to listen <laughs> yes, to us we can be yes, everywhere with will. you so um again yeah please like please share and and, and i encourage you guys over this week because we are going to talk about resolutions next yes. week so i do encourage you guys if you do want to be involved and in, in talking about your resolutions and we want to hear them we want to be able to discuss them and kind of see what what how many of them are similar to ours i know for for me and we'll get into it next week more i've, I've got a ton of different ones so yeah. um we will definitely get into that that is all that i have uh, v, is there anything you'd like to say before we go? No. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes. Uh, please enjoy the uh, holiday this week. Yep. Merry Christmas.